Now, every time I need to be bailed out of jail, right. I think to call an accountant. Whenever you're in trouble or you need a good laugh, you know, we tell great jokes. Yeah, you guys are yeah. the life of the party. Oh, absolutely. Thanks for co-hosting <laughs> the show today, mister. Good to see you. Oh, you good to see you too, Jerry. It's great, great to be here. Now, we've had you on the program before to talk about the firm. What's the season like these days? Where are you guys at? Is it it's the good. Middle of, it's the middle of what season? Well, we're we're in the extensions, so tax it's tax season. We call it tax season 2.0. Extensions, okay. uh, businesses, and uh, personal. So we're we're busy, and then right, right after that, payroll taxes are due. So well, you don't need to go into detail. We I mean, are... It's accounting, Houseway. Come oh. on, we're here to talk about small, the exciting side of <laughs> entrepreneurship. If you start talking line items and budget, yes, we're going to lose our <laughs> listeners. It's great to see you, though. I'm so glad you're Good here. Hoffett, you obviously, he did some traveling recently. He went to Las Vegas, Nevada. Yeah. He went over to San Francisco. He comes back without a voice. I know. It's it's the weirdest yeah. thing. I guess he's... He's I don't know working what he around the clock. There. He's working around the clock. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. So I don't know. We don't know what I was did. thinking maybe Limpio Cleaning Services, who's <laughs> killing it here, by right. the way. I thought maybe they were starting to branch off into Vegas and oh, San Francisco. Nice. Yeah. Give us a good chance to maybe get some corporate gigs, you and I. Oh, that would be great. Live events. I, he if he's if he has something in the works, he's not telling me. So well, you know? <laughs> so now of course uh, you guys are always available for small businesses. Anytime someone has questions, needs a little help, wants to ease into starting their business, you would be one of the first people to call. Absolutely. What do they need when they come to you? Um, when when they come at first, just an LLC is that already established? No, you c- you can come in with anything. Yeah, uh, just a question is really okay. all you need, and uh, we can help you from there. Okay, you know. Well, good to know. We have a great show lined up today. By the way, we are going to be speaking first with David Owsley. He is the CEO of David O Leadership. Terrific guy, great personality. This yeah. is this is something I think might be a little undervalued. I think so. You, you know, if you need direction, there's something about an entrepreneur who does not like to be told what to do. Their idea is always the best. And then you start seeing episodes on television of reality television. The Marcus Limonises of the world right. come in and have to ask the tough questions because it's so tough, I think, for uh, so difficult for business owners to yeah. to transition. Or it, see and that's why light. shows like that are so popular. You look at the, well, uh, on a, some, something similar, I think, like Dave... Um, Oh man, that cook! Oh, I forget his name now. I don't watch cooking shows. I'm no, the so guy sorry. from from the cooking. You know, he'd come in and tell business owners, "Man, your cooking stinks." And oh, then, the restaurant guy. Yeah, the restaurant. The Australian guy. guy. Is he Australian? I thought he was Australian. He's, he's all he's, buff. The big dude. So I think he's British. Gordon Ramsay. How could I forget that? Gordon Ramsay. Of course, you should have said that. He's Scottish. He's Scottish. Is he okay? And temperamental. But the you know the point is a lot of business owners. Yes. You know, they come in and they don't. Now, I don't think David has the same wrong. approach, though, because Gordon will go in and just start yelling at everybody. I don't I'm anxious have... to find out. We're going to, you yeah. know what? Tell you what, let's get him on now. Let's put him on the mic now. Yeah. Find out his background and see if he yells at us for anything. <laughs> let's see. do that. Let's go ahead and make his mic out. Ladies and gentlemen, on the program now, we have uh, from David O. Leadership, we have David Owsley, business coach. Good to see you, sir. Thanks for coming on the show. Absolutely. Good afternoon. Thanks for having me on. So, you're a local fella. Absolutely. Born Homegrown? And, born and raised Lakeland, really? 42 years old. Uh, wow. Just a few minutes from here at the Lakeland Regional. So. Wow. Yeah. Okay. World traveler. 
Yeah, you've yeah. Seen I, it, you've seen all of Polk County. I've traveled all the way to the south side where I live, <laughs> so about 15 minutes away with traffic, half an hour. Okay. Well, I'm sure that probably factors into how you interact with people as well, right, in terms of you're going to businesses and it's like, look, I grew up here. I know who you're talking to. Does that uh, does that play into how you communicate with folks? Yeah, absolutely. I, I always love what I call the Polk County style or the Polk County approach. So, you know, I've got things to hang on the wall like master's degrees. I'm working on my Ph.D., but ultimately – this has got to be practical. So we talk about all the, you know, you're reading the books, all these great theories, but mm-hmm. it's like, what's the Polk County approach? Like, dumb it down for me, because if it's not applicable, it's you're not going to use it. Okay. So in, in the next segment, I want to go into, uh, I'm going to go into the weeds a little bit about what it is you've got you going on. But you're from here. You have studied here. You went to Florida Southern. Is that correct? UCF as well? I'm going to add, well, yeah. So I, I went to Southeastern, started at Florida Southern from MBA. Finished wow. at UCF, but I'm doing my PhD at Southeastern, and then I'm an adjunct. I teach leadership competencies at Florida Southern as well. Wow. Okay. So I'm a teacher and a student right now. I've, my windshield looks ridiculous with the amount of placards on it, but <laughs> <laughs> don't touch them now. Leave right, them right there. Right. They'll tow me. So, I'm sure. <laughs> so your your background is here. You've done all the studying. What about your uh, career prior to making the transition into becoming a, a business coach? Yeah. So career wise, had a great 18 year career with Geico. Uh, was wow. able to work up to be an acclaims manager. And really enjoyed working in literally, you know, pretty much every department from being in the field to all the levels inside. And that's where I really think that's what's helped prepare me to do what I can do because I worked in so many different departments, was able to work in the field with small business owners and body shops for a decade. And just to kind of see coming into something that's very foreign, how can you you know, make improvements and make change quickly yeah. and had a ton of awesome mentors. Well, it's insurance related. Did you have to deal with a lot of upset people? Were you talking mostly to uh, people in bad situations? Yeah, sure. So, you know, when you're frontline, you're, you're as an adjuster, so you're working with all the customers. But the higher you go, the fewer people you'll talk to, but the angrier they will get, the tougher they will become. <laughs> right. So, you know, you talk to fewer people as a supervisor and even fewer still as a manager. So new level New devil. There, there you go. Right. I, yeah. Every time you move up, it's a different type of. Uh, I'm going to make that a chapter in my book. I love it. You know, it. put it on your windshield <laughs> and, you know, put it on with all your placards <laughs> there, there, so that no one will see it because it'll get lost immediately. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the one thing I have to say about Geico, though, and um, insurance, pretty much, I would think, what other industry could we look at that's kind of as boring? to the general public is insurance, right? It's got to be an accountant. I think I'm cybersecurity. I, 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 I just defended this way, I think. But, but they, they are so good. They are so smart. I think the best comedy writers in the nation are either working for the best networks or they're working for insurance companies because it's like it is a competition. The, the commercials, it's a competition of who is the most entertaining, who will make us laugh. I think there's a great lesson there for even small business owners. Your story matters, yeah, absolutely. How you yeah. present that matters. And if you can make uh, a, a potential client laugh, it's like I don't think anyone wants the details of what's in an, a Geico or State Farm or all state commercial. I just saw your commercial laughed, and then when I needed insurance, that was yeah. the first place I thought of because I like them. Sure. Yeah. I find I, that fascinating. Yeah, it's memorable. If Something right? that makes me laugh, I remember what makes me laugh. I mean, it's – yes. And, uh, but it seems so counterintuitive. Yeah. It, sh- it should be. Uh, I-, I did some research as well. No. Nobody no. researches insurance. <laughs> so I think it's like Josue said. We just ask, you know, they just ask for a phone call for one question. Yeah. And then they can walk you through the process there. But for small business owners, you think about the genius of some of these companies that 
literally spend a billion or two billion dollars a year on yeah. advertising, mm-hmm. but they also they created a character. Yeah. So it's not like you've got to have Gary V out there pushing your your product. You mm-hmm. can literally make up a fictional character that came from a, a napkin on a bar and actually be able to get that to get people to laugh and connect with your audience to hopefully generate a phone call to ask a question. Absolutely. Start the conversation. Well, we need to start going into some real detail here. We're going to do that in just one moment. And then later in the show, as I had mentioned, we're going to talk to Joshua Sitta. He is uh, from Citadel. That's going to be an interesting conversation about cyber security. It's going to be good stuff. Stick around, though. Does your company need a business coach? Maybe David O is the guy. We're going to find out right after this commercial break. Oh, man, what a Monday. Yep. It had sort of a gloomy, doomy vibe driving over here, you know? Yeah, it was one of those did. Mondays that felt a bit like a grind, felt like I worked today. I, I think every Monday is like that. Though. Yeah? Yeah, coming off a weekend, especially for me, I, I'm like, man, it's... it's. Well, you're a glutton for punishment. Yeah, I am. <laughs> so, you know, you're doing like camp counseling things on weekends and, you know, going to buffets and I'm whatnot. I'm still reeling from that. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to the Lakeland Insider, Jerry Isinger. Special guest host today, dun-dun-dun, Josue Mendoza is with us. We're having a great time. Later in the program, we're going to be talking to Joshua Sitta. He is from Citadel. It is a cybersecurity firm that... Uh, I think you're going to be interested in it, especially as a small yeah. business owner. You're going to want to hear what he has to say. And don't forget, also, you can reach out to us directly at any time. It is lakelandinsider at Gmail. Maybe we have to upgrade our email one of these days, Josue. I'm right, not sure. Yeah. But we are talking at the moment. We're right in the middle of a great conversation, folks. If you have a small business, if you lead a team, if you are a soon-to-be entrepreneur and really want to sort of pick the brain of someone who's been around the block a few times. Maybe a business coach is the solution. We are talking to David Owsley. He is a local business coach. Thanks for continuing the conversation, mister. That's so we got a little glimpse of where you're from, how life has been up to this point. Curious now, you know, in terms of how you're dealing with uh, working with small business owners. What is that interaction like? They, when do they call you, David, and say, I'm in trouble, I lost my vision, what do you hear more often than not? Sure. I think normally it comes from one of two points is either a pain point of something not going well or two, a desire to get to somewhere that they haven't been able to. Maybe they hit that glass ceiling sure. and kind of capped out. Yeah. But ultimately, they've got to have that pain point because in reality, anybody that's going to help you take you somewhere you have, haven't been, it, you're going to need to change. So without that pain, you know, pain until the pain of staying the same is greater than the pain of change. Yeah. You're not going to change. So I, I feel like that's the point. They feel some pain either wanting to take it to somewhere they haven't been able to, mm-hmm. where they've got a pain point, whether it's communication, uh, you know, not being able to generate the revenue, efficiencies, customer service. Do they normally reach out when they see trouble down the road or do they call you when it's almost too late? Well, I would ask you, you know, <laughs> when do you go to the doctor, right? You know, do you go to the Me doctor? Me personally, yeah, um, almost when, when yeah, yeah, Jerry <laughs> waits until he's almost there. That's right. He's got one leg ha- hacked so off he, above the knee, right? he's bleeding out, and he's like, maybe I should go to the doctor. I think it's time. So That's normally what you get? Yeah, well, I think it, it can be anything, but ultimately there's there's got to be some motivation. Yeah. Right? Motivation, can it can come up from a good place. You can have somebody who says, hey, we're growing, but now I'm starting to see that I'm starting to hit roadblocks because I grew it from, 
you know, A to B, but for me to get from B to D and, and beyond, mm-hmm. I've got to have some outside help. So I think that's really what it is. And I, one thing that I really enjoy is I don't want to come in and be the expert. I want to bring the team together so you get the best from each one of those people. Normally the leader, they're the most technical, the most mm-hmm. trained, the most tenured. So there's a lot of things that revolve around them. But long-term, that's not what you want because as smart as Josue is, his business would run only about what the best things are in his head. And yeah. what I want to do is help bring in, how can we get the best from everyone in that, that you know, first level of leadership, the best from their brains, create that culture of just you know, change, okay. brainstorming, and you know, taking storm from there. So is it mostly like human nature issues you're dealing with, or are you like leading them by the hand to say, I want to take you to a Hostways accounting firm or something of that nature? Is it, does it get very um, um, technical? Do you say, okay, look, your your accounting setup is not good here, or this isn't good? Do you go there, or is it normally about, look, you need to get over yourself, <laughs> right? Let's lose the ego and and drop the emotions and just sort of, on a human nature level, lead them back. Right. My goal is to help the leader build that awesome team. For mm-hmm. So for Josue, even if I thought something was wrong in his business, I'm not the consultant to say, hey, this is what's wrong in your business. Mm. What I want is to lead the team help him lead the team to where they can identify those problems themselves. Because ultimately, if I'm the consultant to come in and fix your business, you're going to need to hire me again. What I want to do is really work myself out of a job to where we can create the the team for you. So as new obstacles and challenges come up, mm-hmm. that they can solve those. And well, maybe we should be a business coach to David here at Hostway. Let's do because it. Because if you want that to last longer, I'm thinking maybe we find a way to keep you relevant. You go in, you tell them what's wrong, so they'll keep calling you back. <laughs> there you go. Right, right. yeah. They realize how much pain they're in now because oh, they absolutely. talk to you. you they'll know? start getting yeah. calls at 2 and 3 o'clock in the morning because we <laughs> – no, that's a great business model. Actually, it's very yeah. it's it's generous in nature to lead people that way. What what sort of things do you find people to be resistant toward? What do they, what do they what do they fight you most on? I I compare it, you know, to people that you know may go to church or they go hear a motivational speech or they listen to Gary V on you know mm-hmm. or maybe Jerry on the radio, right? Mm-hmm. And they know these are things that I should be doing, and so they're excited. They feel good, like they've done something. And yet nothing changes. And so it's that humor, right. human behavior is to really be there to help hold them accountable. And that's why, yes, I can come in. I can do a motivational thing. We can yeah. do team building for a couple hours. But I really want to structure my business around having some follow-up and accountability. So yeah. what I really like to do is come in for 12 weeks, not 40 hours a week, but a few hours each week, same day of the week. And that way there's accountability because people are going to want to go back to their old habits where Hostway's been doing things for the sure. same way for decades. So sure. it's normal for them to go, want to go back. I was going to ask about that because I think, uh, do you find that people, um, even after you leave, you know, you do a job, but people tend to return to the mean. Um, do you find that is, is something that's commonplace or uh, what kind of level of success do you see after you are kind of worked yourself out of that job? Sure. I call it converting them to the dark side. So my wife has done this with me over and over again in our 22-year marriage where she's, you know, she's really pushed me to do something different that I wasn't comfortable with. And then after I did it her way, I realized and I experienced that life is actually better on that side. But people have, you can't just tell them about it. They already know it. You know, let's be honest. There's not a whole lot new under the sun, new information. So once they experience it, mm-hmm. like, you know, hey, I should get up earlier for work and, and not leave yeah. when, when things are, are chaotic. Once they experience the gold on the other side, 
now they realize, you know, and it's just a maturity level for uh, for people, I think. Even from a leadership perspective, sure. there's maturity that we got to yeah. continue to develop. Well, and I would think also when it comes to small businesses, especially that have been in the family for generations, there is this sense of this is how we've always done it, David. So I've sure. hired you to come in as a business coach to sit you down to say, I'm not willing to negotiate, David, because this is how we've always done it. Absolutely. I'm sure that's a common problem. Do you run into that it, a lot? It is. But again, they they brought me in for help. And remember, I'm not going to come up with the ideas. I'm going to create the team that they already have in place to come up with those. So it's really more about just creating that process and structure. Uh, there are oftentimes, and certainly in family-owned businesses, where there's some, someone has an idea. They see there's a problem. They have an idea to f- solve it, but they don't feel comfortable bringing right. that up. Yeah. And so creating that process and structure where it's normal, like we're going to talk about these things, we're going to work, and we're going to fail sometimes. That's okay. We'll adjust quickly and move on. Wow. So how much are we dealing with um, just hurt feelings and anger yeah. toward each other and just that? I mean, how much of you are is a therapist? Yeah, it gets dicey. I do sometimes remind people I'm not a psychologist. Uh, but for the most part, I mean, it's just it's human behavior. And the biggest thing is just building that bridge of trust. So if Jerry offends me or Josue says something that catches me off, do I have that bridge of trust where I can communicate Hey, Josue, do you have a few minutes so we can talk about it? That's the biggest yeah. thing. But what, let's say Josue and I have been working together for a decade. Sure. And he's really mad at me. Yeah. And you come into a scenario like that. How do you, how do you diffuse that sort of tension? Well, first, Jerry's right. You know, we, we know this. <laughs> Cage match. Yeah. <laughs> right. Thunderdome. <laughs> well, I, I think you start with, you know, where are they coming from? And really what's most important is not who's right. Right. It's us working together, building mm-hmm. that bridge of trust. And and are you do you care enough about Josue to follow Josue if he's heard you and heard your side? But are you do you care enough about that relationship in in a professional setting to where you'll follow him and maybe fail for a little bit? Right. And the same as vice versa, because if those that relationship isn't more important than a small failure, mm-hmm. then it's never going to work. Right. So you're putting your arms around people and you're stepping on their toes yeah. at the same time. Yeah, it's a pretty good example. Right. So, but See, I'm not I mean, pushing anyone. You could right. have like a hundred different. T- you're, you're like a semi pastorish therapist kind of guy who has technical knowledge. So, you could really create any job title you wanted to. Yeah, I mean, it's it, at the end of the day, I just want to work with leaders and their team and help build yeah. teams. That's what I did well yeah. in corporate, and just want to help people. So, and you made the the transition from corporate to this position. Yeah. I know this is something hose yeah. way. This is something that piqued your yeah. interest. How did what, you make that transition? Yeah, what prompted that? So I've always felt like even when I was in construction in college, I, I help people when I come to work. So it doesn't matter what my job title is, who my employer is. I'm always looking to help people. So in that vein, as a corporate claims manager, you spend you know maybe 20 25% of your time helping, a lot of hiring and firing, a lot of admin, a lot of meetings. So my goal has always been to own my own business to where I could help people more. So starting at the beginning of this year, one-man show, but as I continue to grow, I can hire some of the admin stuff out and help people the majority of the time versus a minority of the time. Right. How much fun are you having? Oh, it's a blast. I, it's, it's a challenge. Every situation is different because of all the things that we've talked about and many that we haven't. But it's, it's a challenge, and you never know what you're getting into. But at the end of the day, value the people, help them to value each other and see that value. The team is the most important thing. If you can capture that, then you can conquer the world. Yeah. And you can work with a pretty broad amount of businesses. I mean, from a small pet stop to yeah. the big uh, 
you know, Fortune 50. Sure. You know, <laughs> I, you know I played the corporate game for 18 years, so yeah. I'm familiar with that. I call it kind of being bilingual in a sense that, yeah. I, you know, I probably prefer the small business. Love blue collar people. Yeah. Um, I, my camouflage is my favorite color, so really? I, can't, I can't get around that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, obviously, anybody that has a team, uh, I'm down. Hmm. Especially since you're working, really, it's, like you said, it's not really about the business itself. It's really about the people. Absolutely, you know. So yeah, that gives you a lot of versatility to work with different businesses. Yeah, you know, right. So, yeah. Well, and what a revelation that leadership is about, like the people, right? Right, absolutely. So it, but it absolutely. is when you get in the get in the weeds day by day, it comes up. So tell us, David, how can people reach you? Oh, thanks, uh, davidoleadership.com. They can uh, see me on there and fill out an application, generate that one question. Glad to sit down with anyone, yeah. talk, and try to add value in a face-to-face or over the phone. All right, small business owners, I hope you heard that. If you see some trouble down the road, don't be like me. Don't be like the chair (laughs) and wait till it's almost too late. If you see something happening, maybe now is the time, right? I think you'd prefer to get a phone call just a little early, wouldn't you? Yeah. Before the place is on fire? And let's create the culture of change where that's the norm. People are used to improving, used to changing, not waiting till the house is on fire. So good. All right, David, we really appreciate the time. David, obviously, business coach, Lakeland native. All around good guy. Absolutely. He gets the stamp of approval. <laughs> yeah. Coming up on the show, we're going to talk to Joshua Sitta. He is from Citadel. It's a cybersecurity place that you might think for a second, ah, I don't have much interest in that. Wait until you hear what he has to share. I think you'll want to hear this. Stick around. Happy Monday, everybody. Thanks for sticking around. Jerry Isinger here with you on the Lakeland Insider. We're having a great time today. We've got a guest host, Josue Mendoza, and we have learned a lot already from a business coach, David Owsley. Yeah. Good guy. Interesting stuff. Maybe Very good. Uh, maybe the firm one of these days will have to call. Going to have to call David, him. You know, it's Jason Simpson, CPA, right? Yeah, we'll talk to when, Jason. When, when things start Good to unravel, out there. you know, maybe you've done something. Things are starting <laughs> to unravel. We know who to call now to get us out of trouble. It's almost like being prepared for a hurricane. You know, just have your just have your plan ready. Decide then. That's right. So just just decide now. Yeah. Not if, but when you'll call David. Yeah, prepare you... before the <laughs> right? hurricane. Right. You know, speaking of preparation, I don't know how well-versed in the world of cybersecurity you are, Josue. Are, are you in the know? Is that your... I'm not in the know. You don't read those articles or I, dip into that? No, but it's something we do worry about at the firm a great deal. I would think, if anything in the world, that would give you the feeling of, oh, shoot. Yeah. Why didn't I think this could happen to me. Cy- a cybersecurity break-in would probably be the moment of right. like, like really rattling the nerves, right? Well, it's another one of those things, don't wait until it happens to you, right? <laughs> Just be right? prepared for now, it. Now, with David as a business coach, maybe you can. Maybe you can kind of get close yeah, to the yeah. edge. This is the category you yeah. don't want to get too close to the right. edge, which is why we have our next guest on the program. His name is Joshua Sitta. He's from a company appropriately named Citadel. It is a cybersecurity firm. We want to get into that. I saw him last week. He was speaking to a crowd over at Catapult, downtown Lakeland. And uh, it's good stuff. So I went over there and totally strong-armed him. I pressured him <laughs> like crazy to please come on the show. And he's here. Joshua, thanks so much for being on the hey, program. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it, Jerry. That's why. Thank you <laughs> so much. Good time. So you are classified as a startup, or how long have you been with Catapult in terms of how long have you had this idea? Oh, yeah. I don't know where the cutoff is, but um, we've been operating for three years. So are we still a startup? Are we still in there? I think technically yes, we can still. You are. 
classify yeah, okay. you as that. Yeah, we're you're, a, a, you're a veteran startup. We're a veteran <laughs> startup. startup. That's right, yeah. Still in that startup stage, <laughs> right? for sure, yeah. So you've also made a big transition in your career as well, I understand. Now, it's always been cybersecurity, right? Yeah, yeah. IT, network engineering, cybersecurity for the last, well, I guess, for as long as I can really remember. But for some now. of the big banks, were they local? Were they national? Yeah, so um, I did all the security operations, built the security operations center, hired the tool, uh, hired the talent, and, and, and picked the tools for um, some major, major community banks, two of the top 100 banks in really? America. No kidding. Uh, yeah, and uh, some of those were headquartered down here in Florida. That's a little bit of pressure. You know? Just a little. I would. I, it, it feels like Ocean's <laughs> Eleven, like the security levels to get to the vault must be crazy. But, yeah. I mean, did that sit on your shoulders a lot? Was that a, was that a high stressful job sure so there's a lot of disciplines in cybersecurity, and um i was i was the guy who if things were bad <laughs> it was my job to figure out how to make them good again um so we've we've had all these different like terrible situations to be thrown into um scariest day of my life uh the my boss is he's on a conference call with the fbi and <laughs> i'm invited to it so i walk into this conversation that's midstream and they are talking about me my boss and a federal agent are talking about me, and I don't have the context for what's going on. So I'm like, I'm, I'm, unpaid parking ticket, speeding ticket, a couple. Years. And do? and they can kind of sense that I'm, I'm not comfortable. And our, yeah. our the special agent that was assigned to me said, um, Hey, I just want to let you know, we're not here to talk about something that, um, that you've done. And I'm like, Oh, thank goodness. We're here to talk about something that is going to happen to you. Oh. Which is the most horrifying way yeah. that he could have said. As if things weren't stressful enough already. Right. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Open with that. That's yeah. great. Yeah. And so what he meant was um, there's there's about 20 community banks that they had intelligence had been selected as targets for North wow. Korea. And they knew they were coming. They couldn't give us any other information. Wow. And all I can remember is walking wow. away from that conversation saying, why did he say this is going to happen to me? He could have said it was going to happen to the bank. Right. Anyway. Right? <laughs> it seems so personal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Joshua, North Korea yeah. is coming. Right? That's, that's scary. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's real scary. Wow. Well, I mean, it, what a great transition, though. So you have all this experience working in a huge industry, and you decide to take all the talent and the skills and start your own company. Yeah, sure, yeah. How if did we, that happen? Well, uh, kicking and screaming, really. <laughs> I never wanted to be a business owner, never saw myself as being uh, the entrepreneur guy. But um, climbed that corporate ladder and went basically as high as I could go in cybersecurity. I was the director sure. of cybersecurity architecture for $40 billion in assets. And I was 30, you know, yeah. 33. Wow. And I had climbed I had climbed that zenith. And meanwhile, I started to get obsessed about some of the customers of the bank that had cybersecurity issues. So we used to get sued anytime money would go missing. Right. And our team of 42 cybersecurity professionals all told in the department with our millions and millions of dollars of tools would go to work and we would write these great legal documents that would discuss the cybersecurity program of the bank and then that court case would get thrown out <laughs> and I would stand there and I'd just be like what about what about that title agency that 
you know, that, that sure. entrepreneur, he didn't have a team of 42 people. He needs something. Yeah. Right. So we, we talked with, you know, the bank about what we could do. And they're like, there's a legal line of responsibility that we just can't cross over. Sure. They're like, find somebody in the area who's good with the cybersecurity, and we'll just refer them and out. And you said, I'll be the guy in the area. Well, we looked, and we had a pretty big footprint. We had over 150 branches, so we had a really big geographic footprint. And we looked, and we couldn't find somebody who was providing that North Korea, the the, the cybersecurity program that would sure. stop North Korea sure. down for the little guy. Wow. So we said, let's, let's figure out how to provide the same service that we provide for the bank, but we'll only charge... You know, based on the size of that company. So every, everybody's got an even playing field now. Now, I'm assuming, you know, most of us think that we're secure as well, yeah, right? Sure, if yeah. I bank with a certain place and they're a big money operation, I'm safe too because I that's their app. That's their... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, that's not the case though, is it? Well, they're secure. They're they're, oh, they're, they're they're fine. Yeah, but, they're fine. <laughs> but w- what about me? Because I bank with them. Am I not also fine because of my association with their level of security? No, 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 no. Come on, no. Jerry. No, if they if they <laughs> steal money, if even if they were able to steal money from the bank, which you know, if they're still running the program that we built for them, like they're not going to be successful. But even if they were able to do that, yeah, the bank's got programs that are going to put that money back in your pocket. Yeah, but. The cybersecurity guys, the the threat actors of the world, the North Koreas, the Russias, the or just the the high school kid who's following a YouTube tu- tutorial, um, those guys they're not looking for the hardest Fort Knox to break into. Sure. They're looking for that weak link. Right. Well, is your cybersecurity going to be better or worse than the forty billion dollar bank? I'm going to target you. I'm going to send you my phishing emails or try to get you to click on something that you shouldn't have or. What, however, I can entice you into stealing your password, and now I can just act as you, and I can just wire that money to myself. Not, I'm not even, I'm not hacking anymore. I'm just, no. I tricked you, I right. scammed you, and I'm just redirecting those funds. Yeah, well, that's, that's well, the way. Well, when you would say that you are providing the same level of security as a huge bank, yeah, my first instinct would be like, I'm sorry, thank you for the offer. I can't afford. Fort Knox. Yeah, sure. Yeah, sounds you know, expensive. I run a plumbing company. Yeah, right. I yeah. can't afford that yeah, yeah. level of security. Do you run into that a lot? I I think that our industry has really trained people that cybersecurity is supposed to be hard and difficult to work with and expensive. Um, and you know, we've made we've spent the last three years of my life trying to figure out how we could solve all those challenges for the for the plumber. And um, our smallest customer pays us five hundred dollars annually. So if you can afford forty bucks a month. To never have to deal with ransomware or to always have, you get 24 hours of somebody monitoring your computer system for 40 bucks a month. That's that's pretty reasonable, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, we got to dig into this a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely. Actually. Before we do, we're going to take a quick commercial break, but we're going to pick this guy's brain because I want to find out how yeah. vulnerable and watched I actually am. Yes. You're curious as well. Yeah, I'm very curious. All right, folks, Let's do it. Stick around. We'll be back on the flip side. Welcome back to The Insider. So glad you're here. I got to tell you a story, ladies and gentlemen. About two or three weeks ago, I got a text. And it was from my bank. And it said, someone has made uh, an unauthorized, some sort of purchase. And it was near an address I used to live at. Go ahead and click here for more information. I almost did. And then I looked at the number. 
which was uh, area code 407. I used to live in Orlando. I, I called the number back, and I went to some Google voicemail. And I thought, oh, man, this was a very specific sort of situation. Yep. This wasn't some guy from Nigeria whose uncle died in $500 million and if I send him. No, no. This seemed really legit, and I was very close, which is why I'm so happy Joshua Sid is here today. Joshua, you are the cybersecurity brains in this area. Okay. How close was I to danger if I had hit that link? Oh, what's your risk exposure? How much, how much money is in your bank account right now? $47.53, I, I believe. Then I'd say that your risk exposure was very low. You probably would have gotten by okay. I need that 47 bucks though, dude. It's, it's, it might not sound like a lot to you, yeah. but that goes a long way for me. So really, I mean, we face these things every single day, right? Absolutely. Are, how vulnerable are we really in terms of when things like that happen? Could, yeah, so, geez, I mean, imagine all the different pieces of technology that you've got running on your business. Mm -hmm. And every one of those pieces of technology... You know, if anything that gets updated, yeah. like Windows updates or the Adobe update, all that stuff, they're getting updated to fix security vulnerabilities. So those are good. Great. What about your line of business software? When was the last time you saw that that was updating? Everywhere that you have software or or even like some of the hardware we, with these things that we mm -hmm. call side channel attacks, all of these things do represent a vulnerability, but it doesn't stop there. It's all the people. What about um, Josue when you get that new employee or the marketing intern or whoever else? Do you trust them to follow all the same cybersecurity procedures, the very uh, scrutinous approach that you have to every one of your emails? Right. You're hovering that mouse over every link. You're checking out every attachment before you click on it. Do you think the marketing intern is going to do those same thing? Well, as soon as the bad guys get in wherever they can, mm -hmm. they're going to spread from there. We call that lateral movement. And they're going to eventually find something that, in most cases, gets to the pocketbook. Well, you yeah. know, there was one big data breach. This was a couple of years ago now. And I, as I understand it, it's one of the biggest in history. Forgive me for not knowing all the details. But as I understand it, they got in through a Wi-Fi system that was connected to the air conditioning. Oh, you're talking about Phaseo Mechanical Services. He knows more details breach. than I do. He does. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's on it. Absolutely. Um, so long time ago, um, we're we're going back uh, we're going back years now. But um, we actually covered this uh, story in in great detail on our podcast. Um, uh, but I'll, I'll give you the the high notes here. There's a a small business who does HVAC engineering, and they said, okay, Target has a problem. Uh, if if you want shoppers to stay in there in, in their stores, and they do because the longer a shopper is going to be there, the more impulse buys they get. The longer they're there, the more money they spend. Target's happy. Well, the challenge is you got to control that climate in such a way that makes it comfortable for everyone, regardless of how many people are in the stores. So Fazio Mechanical Services said, well, if you look at the bottleneck, the checkout line. That shows you how many people are in the store. If there's 10 people there, you got 1,000 in the store. If there's one, you got 10, whatever those numbers amount hmm. to. Um, and they said, all we need, Target, all we need is to be able to install a little thing on all of your payment terminals. And if we can just monitor the number of transactions. We don't need to make any changes to them. We're not grabbing that data. We just need to see the number of transactions per minute. And, and we're going to connect that to the HVAC system. A lot of transactions, we'll kick it down a couple notches and we'll blow the, blow the air colder. And then when the transactions aren't so fast, then we'll warm the place back up. Wow. And, and that way, you've got optimal climate all yeah. the time. Well, Target said, ah, that sounds like a lot to set up and configure. Let's just give you all the access that you need on these pay, payment terminals. Wow. So they had what we just call inappropriate access. They had way too much access. And 
Phaseo Mechanical Services got a phishing email. It wasn't even a Target hack. It was somebody who worked for Target. It was, it was in their supply chain. Wow. So this wow. little small business who has just made it huge. We're going to be in every retail store across the United States, right? Who isn't going to want to have... Well, that's a bad day, huh? <laughs> you finally made it. Yeah. Right? Well, guess what? <laughs> that's the way it happens. Sure. So they, they, wow. they got their phishing email, and the bad guys... They're they're more and more they're interested in doing reconnaissance before they launch their ransomware or try yeah, to steal yeah. their money. Wow. So they just said, "What do we have access to? We don't just have access to little old Fazio Mechanical fly by night small business up in New England. We've got access to all of the credit cards. What, wow. what are we going to mess around with Fazio? Yeah. We're getting millions. Boy, it's so of sophisticated. Yeah, absolutely. I, I I'm impressed and nervous at the same time. Do you find that people want to learn more from you, or is it something that's just kind of one of those things that you obviously know what you're talking about? Please come in here and make sure we're secure. Is that normally the type of conversations you get? There's always a there's you got to establish trust, right? Once you get trust, nobody cares about the information anymore. But once it starts to, there there are so many different approaches to um, trying to get somebody to make some smart preventative spends on their their cybersecurity yeah. situation. Yeah. And and mostly what you hear is a sales opportunity. Hey man, you got email? Oh, well you need that email security. Cha ching. You got a network? We gotta set you up with a network security. Yeah. You got computers? We gotta get you that antivirus that lives on the computer. And it's just this add to cart, add to cart, add to cart. Yeah. And people are now resistant. Am I going to spend more money in the services that I'm being asked? Or maybe to they spend just on? assume it's a one size fits all. It's like, no, no, I have security. The thing just popped up on my right. laptop that says <laughs> yeah. it's been scanned. What yeah, are you yeah. talking about? But in general, to answer the question, as soon as somebody hears me say, like, okay, well, hang on, tell me what it is that you do. Well, we monitor endpoint detection response file level telemetry. I don't care anymore. It just you. You seems like <laughs> if you did it for the bank, it's probably good enough for me. And then right. they just right. want to know that it, you lost it's taken me at hello. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. So, you know, generally speaking, though, it's not something people are very well versed in. Needless to say, it's, imagine the challenge of a of a small business owner yeah, who's yeah. trying to get good at plumbing. They got to maintain all those certifications. They got to chase that marketing. There intern. are other things to do. There are so yeah. many other things yeah. to do. Yeah. Well, you got to run your business. You know. Oh, by the way, yeah, it'd be nice if you on, could be profitable too. On top of it, <laughs> yeah. And then we got to throw uh, our vernacular in cybersecurity is not fair to somebody who is trying to learn. So it's it's an it's a mountain of information before yeah. you can understand anything, and then you, people yeah. just give up. And you guys so, make that easier. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean it. So there's a lot of approaches to what cybersecurity is supposed to look like. Our model is we make this very simple for you. We do all the hard stuff so that you don't have to worry about any of it. And then we'll meet with you monthly in each one of those meetings. If you've ever got the appetite for more information, strap in because we've got more information for you. <laughs> I like wow. that. Wow. Do you, throw, do you throw out a lot of tips? Do you share uh, just oh, yeah. general? Uh, you, yeah, you absolutely. Provide a lot of that? Now, you have a podcast as well. That's that right. Yeah. Citadel Podcast. Tell us, tell us a little about the podcast and how people can reach you if they want to kind of beef up the security for their business. Yeah, podcast, it's a, um, so imagine how entertaining it could be to listen to a computer nerd talking to you I'm gonna about I'm going to geek computers. out on this. I can't wait. <laughs> I got my pen in my hand. I'm going to write down this show. Well, I got bad news for you, Jerry, uh -oh. because we, we're hosted by a comedian. 
we're we're entertainment first, cybersecurity well, second. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and what we're going to do is we're going to get you some <laughs> some nuggets of tips along the way. So it's four business owners who are looking for free strategies for things that they can do. All right, um, All that's right. the Citadel. Now, podcast. if I want to hire you, where do I where do I find you most easily? Yeah, start at our website, Citadel.com, S-I-T-T-A-D-E-L.com, and all the information will be there. S-I-T-T-A. D-E-L.com, the good place to remember. Joshua, thank you so much for being thank on you, the program. Man. This yeah. is good stuff. I think I might yeah. have to call this guy. By the way, Josue, um, how healthy are you? I heard you, you stepped away from the gym lately. I, I gained some weight. Okay. Um, I plan on losing it. I, I, I got to make a shout-out to the folks over at YesFit. Folks, if you are not exercising, if you need some motivation, you got to go to YesFit.com. Yeah. Absolutely. It's, it's the place to go to. Uh, medals, awards, T-shirts, all that great stuff. There's so much we need to do. Yeah, we get, we need business leadership. We need cybersecurity. We also need to stay in shape. But thank you again, everyone. Thanks so much for being a co-host. Oh, I loved it. Thank you for having me. Really, really great. good times, folks. Thanks to you so much for listening. We will be back in these very chairs. I hope you will join us next Monday for the Lakeland Insider. We'll see you then. See you then.